Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. So wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled by mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hey, we're back and this is part two of my conversation with Ashutosh Bharadwaj, the author of the death script, Dreams and Delusions in Nutshell Country. Also, what I found was very, it was almost devastating reading mm. about that, you know, the first time you encounter all these bodies and mm. how you couldn't take a photograph. Mm-hmm. You were so uh, held back by your own horror at the thought of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? so talk about that and how you overcame that because at a later stage, you, you're, you're taking pictures. Uh, and a, a, in fact, that sort of trajectory sort of shows how you as a person and as a reporter have evolved. And you don't know whether it's evolved or whether you've lost <laughs> something, you know. So talk about that. I'm still to decide whether I uh, gained out of bus- my experiences in Buster or whether I lost myself as a human being somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. perhaps this question I can answer only at a little later stage of my life. But yeah, mm. coming to that experience, uh, mm. that was June 2012. Mm. Before that, I had seen just one death in my entire life of mm. a very close relative. So here mm. in Bastar on that day, that particular day, I was before 15 dead bodies. Several of them had dagger, dagger wounds and mm. The relatives said that they were not just killed, they were actually stabbed and they wanted to me to take the photographs. Hmm. But as you know that if you see those bodies which have which have which are decaying, which have decomposed naked hmm. bodies, you just can't do that. I was deeply petrified. I whenever I recall that moment, I, I get I still get nightmares. It's just hmm. like that famous movie uh, that Waltz, Waltz with Bashir. I still, mm-hmm. did I have some role to play in that? I still feel that the same dogs barking at my uh, window sometimes. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, on that moment, I just couldn't prepare myself to take the photographs. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a long story after that, that how the CRPF uh, rejected that story, how yes. uh, how uh, MHA also rejected that story, and how I as a reporter faced immense, tremendous pressure uh, uh, from both from a newspaper as well as the MHA that you are the story is wrong. This is we have already videographed that uh, the postmortems, but fortunately the reporter's luck, I managed to get that, and uh, the bodies did have those uh, dagger wounds. The video, right? The videos, yeah. The video, the video yeah. showed that the bodies did have dagger wounds. So CRPF mm-hmm. and MHA they lied through their teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine. They. Yes. It's it's not just it, it for. It, it, it it wasn't just about that they termed innocent Adivasis Maoist, but also they completely concealed that their bodies had dagger wounds. And dagger wounds which were uh, inflicted even after death. Yeah, right? yeah even, even after they had died. That's what their relatives told me. Hmm. And these were not even recorded uh, in the postmortem report. So, 
Now, the fallback or the implication of this traumatic experience was that mm-hmm. when a, a year later, exactly a year later, in the same district of Bijapur, when I witnessed eight bodies before me, which were being mm-hmm. post-mortem before me, mm-hmm. uh, I did not flinch at all. I took elaborate videos, photographs, just to store uh, those images and videos in my uh, in my camera, in my laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, how... Whether it was it was it my fall or my evolution as a journalist, I still do not know. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> anyway, okay. So you also you know mentioned you know a, 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 how local journalists mm-hmm. are doing so much. You know, there's a whole. I think there's a whole section where you say this one um, one man, one journalist had to go back and yes, yes. Uh, retrieve a body, mm-hmm. right? And and how local journalists do all these things, and they, you know, for for the police, for the Adivasis, you know, and how difficult it is, and how how often after they write their reports and whatever's tweeted in Delhi from Delhi by the star journalists mm-hmm. and what's written, there's no mention of these guys. Yes, yes. So I mean, I've heard about this before. So let's talk about that, you know, the, and, and how that is another layer of exploitation. This is among the biggest treacheries or frauds of journalists who are based in Delhi. They mm-hmm. procure these videos and uh, photographs, rare videos and photographs of Abujmar, mm-hmm. of Bastar, of postmortems, of, uh, of Naxal attacks from these local journalists. They are mm-hmm. never paid, forget even given any credit. They never paid also. They are they are never paid. I'm saying they are not paid at all for this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, the worst thing is these journalists in Delhi they portray those as if this is as if this is their own achievement, as if they went there. Most of yeah. their reports are based upon these the inputs gathered from uh, gathered by the local journalists, but they are mm. never given any credit. This mm. adds to another layer of tragedy, another layer of uh, tragedy to this whole war. Mm. So we have not only uh, uh, disappointed our our Adivasis, we have also disappointed a handful of journalists who are working in Bastar. Some of them may be Adivasi, some of them may be not. So it's a mm. huge class divide you can see between Delhi and Bastar that operates at several levels. Mm. So how did you overcome that? I mean, as somebody who's going in there from outside, you know, one would expect you to replicate the same thing, but clearly you haven't. So... You know, how one thing. One thing is that I I try to always give them credit. Hmm. Uh, sometimes uh, when I use their photographs uh, in my newspaper, I hmm. I insisted that they should be given credits. And number two, I have never tweeted any photograph which I have hmm. uh, procured for them. Of course, they do send me also sometimes, but I don't tweet it. I don't want to claim as if this is my exclusive. This is not. Hmm. <laughs> So, and the third way is I have written on them as well. I have done quite a, a few stories mm-hmm. when I was with Express on them that about mm-hmm. how, what kind of life they are living, uh, mm-hmm. what kind of reporting they have done uh, and mm-hmm. how significant they are uh, for us, for the country. Mm-hmm. And then I have written a whole chapter on them here in this book. Yes. That's no, I, I'm, the only thing I, I do. Yeah. Going, you know, what this is like, you know, at least... Somebody from Delhi who's going in there and writing, there's some hope, mm-hmm. you know. But for the local journalist who's just there at the roots, you mm-hmm. know, and he's also embedded in a certain sense. 
it's very difficult oh it is very difficult at least i had this consolation this comfort that i could come back say after every 3 months my newspaper would call me back and yes. uh, I, i i in any case i had a uh, limited tenure fixed tenure for 4 years yeah but people who have been living there and reporting on it day and night reporting about these deaths they become hardened they become cynical they tend yes. to become yeah it's very difficult to uh, retain your sensitivity yes when you yeah. when mentioned that uh, reporter he says it himself suresh mahapatra suresh mahapatra yeah he's such a fine person fine guy mm-hmm. but that's what wall uh, turns all of us into hmm hmm i also found fascinating your you know the the bits about the women carders mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and how, and how 40% of them are women 40% of the nutshell carder is women you know talk about that that's like really fascinating and about the their lives there and about the equality except for the fact that you said that the serving is done by the women but generally they seem more equal than outside oh yes they are enormously more equal mm-hmm. uh, than many women outside mm-hmm. uh, i am there on on that on that parameter so the mm-hmm. here we need to give uh, this credit to the maoists because soon after their ar- arrival in dandakaranya mm-hmm. they had realized that mm. they cannot raise uh, a battalion or a field army without an equal participation of women mm. so right from the beginning they tried to have more and more women in their ranks and they mm. also imposed a very strict discipline which i do not see uh, in several cities in several offices mm. of course there are incidents of misbehavior there are also some punishments also but comparatively women are in a much better condition in their ranks uh, yeah. we all <laughs> a point that i have made there in my book i i will make here as well mm. let's compare this insurgency uh, with the kashmir insurgency mm-hmm. in the last 30 years perhaps we have not had a single woman militant i mean armed mm. militant in in kashmir of course there is a widespread support of kashmir population including women population mm-hmm. but we do not have that so what yeah. does it say about this insurgency the naxal insurgency about its mm. composition about its character uh, mm. about about its uh, about its trait yes uh, that's a very significant remark on it mm. yeah that's one of the most uh, that was one of the ch- things that stood out for me mm. you know about uh, the women's participation and about how like even when you're talking to these uh, women nakshals they seem very confident oh, and very yes. you know very mm. powerful women not yeah. some like uh, i don't know domats who uh, taking orders they seem to have agency themselves extremely confident and a voice and an agency of their own and uh, male gorillas they cannot uh, uh, take any liberty with them hmm in in which way okay so that is one of the strengths of this movement i i my proposition is that without this participation without an equal participation of women the maoist movement in dandakaranya would not have reached this stage where is it now okay hmm but at the same time you know also the maoists seem uh, kind of puritan in their view of uh, relationships as well yes you know yes. in terms of not allowing uh, i don't know you know not allowing uh, personal freedom i mean but of course that's expected and maybe it's perhaps is necessary also in such a in such a complicated uh, movement true you know? so talk about that i i had a long discussions with them over this over this issue 
Mm-hmm. And uh, they all agreed that that is that's a very strict and puritan environment. But their reason was, and which I believe they are right, that mm-hmm. an underground guerrilla movement, which is uh, mostly uh, based in in forests, very extremely difficult, treacherous terrain, with mm-hmm. with the fear of police attack always looming upon them, mm-hmm. that cannot possibly have such relations. That need mm-hmm. to have a very strict check on men, uh, men, male, female relations in whichever form they are. So mm. this perhaps is their uh, procedural uh, requirement, as they say mm. that without the revolution wouldn't be possible without it. They need to have it in their in in their in in their ranks. Mm. They need to have this discipline. Okay, I suppose it cuts out a lot of uh, unnecessary complications, no? Exactly, exactly. Not just complications about say having uh, the giving birth to uh, giving birth or um, raising a baby. Also, mm. because a lot of complications that may emerge when a um, man and woman they are in love with each other, so that mm. may, you we and we and we we know that how, what, what kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah then your loyalties will also be I mean will be to the to, to the, the unit of you and the person right true, Not, true. so the whole sense of individual individual emerges when you are in love with somebody then mm. you want to have a separate life of your own but yes. here when you are living a life of a community of mm. a party. Then mm. you have to surrender. You have to submerge your individual identity, individual desires in that vortex of of, of that community. That's what mm. has happened there. It sounds extremely difficult. Like oh diff- yes, also <laughs> difficult if you consider that the community from which these uh, Adivasi cadres are drawn, that mm. com- the Adivasi community that lives a totally opposite life. Yes, yes, yes. So, from one end of the spectrum of life of of ideals of uh, they are thrown back thrown to another another spectrum all of a sudden. Mm. Amazing how they are able to maintain it. I really don't know how they do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's probably it is it would be difficult even for somebody who isn't from such a relaxed I don't know way of life. Perhaps I don't know whether that sounds uh, correct. I found this book fascinating and uh, great reading and uh, I'm so glad you wrote it and I hope a lot of thank people you, will it as well. So thank you so much Ashutosh for coming on the show and uh, it's been a pleasure and it's a great book. I really love it. Thank so, you Manjula. It was also wonderful this uh, having this conversation with you. Everybody go out and get this book, um, The Death Script by Ashutosh Bharadwaj, The Death Script, Dreams and Delusions in Nakshal Country. It's a great read. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye. And by the way, HT Smartcast has launched its first audiobook called A Spy in China, written by Yamini Pustake Bhalirao and published by Jagannath Books. It's a topical political thriller based on the ongoing tensions between India and China. Every week from the 10th of July, 2020, there's a new chapter for you to listen to. Don't miss it. Log on to www.htsmartcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts and search for A Spy in China. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.